Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here by my co-host, Mutahir. Are you like this? And we are doing Well Ascension Part 2. Um, so this will be chapters 20, 12 through, I think, 27. Yeah, yeah, that's like 16 chapters. We are blazing through this, boys. We just really want to get to Stormlight Archive. Yeah. And don't get us wrong. I mean, we're we still liking this uh, series and everything like that. So it's not like we hope that the quality of these episodes isn't impacted by us going faster. I love. I actually really love this book, though. Yeah, honestly, I, I said that before quite a few times that well, Ascension is actually a step down from Mistborn. And now that I'm second time around on reading it, I'm actually liking it more than my second read through of Final Empire. So, um, yeah. Uh, which is good because I'm reading it again so soon. So, anyways, uh, chapter 12, we kick it off with uh, Sezet and Marsh. They're coming up on the Convectico of Saran. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. And he con- Marsh confirms that there's no Inquisitor inside. And Sezet kind of like gets suspicious about this, right? Like, he's like, How does he know that? There has to be some. sensing yeah sixth sense some sensing power the inquisitors have where they like you know cloud sync or something where they know where each other are so they get in and seiza jumps down this is cool too um it's more of a magic building moment where he jumps down and he like fills his thing with weight Mm -hmm. he just fills his metal with weight therefore making him lighter so I have a question. Yeah, that was kind of cool. So if you wanted to, could you, you fill weight to get lighter? Could you fill lightness to get heavier? I'm sure, Well, I don't think you would fill lightness, right? I think you would take that weight back in, right? Like he's filling it with weight now, so he would just be pulling the weight out later. Yeah. Yeah. So then. So he would have had to, at one point, filled it with weight. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So to use the storage, but. Like I'm saying, like if you don't have anything stored up, oh, then I don't think so. Okay, because then it's you, a would, you would store up weakness just to get stronger. You wouldn't need to store up anything. Yeah, yeah. I just, or you could like stupid, okay. store up for, for the guy just walking around constantly <laughs> storing up weakness. Yeah, no, that's I don't think it works like that. The keepers could just store up forgetness to constantly so not, remember everything. <laughs> so it sounds like something that you just constantly. Um, you you're giving up something right so you're giving up sleep you're giving up speed you're giving up uh eyesight you're giving up yeah stuff to get it later so it's not you're not giving up and maybe depending on weakness. the metal maybe depending on a metal it depends on which what you can store so maybe like yeah maybe it just depends on what you're storing so Anyways, um, like the material of the USB. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like a physical USB he's carrying around. Um, so this whole thing is like built of steel, and there's like carvings within the steel. And uh, says that it starts like rubbing on paper, like I guess just getting recording of everything. Um, and then Marsh kind of just goes off somewhere, like back yeah. the he just leaves. Um. There's also like these huge, huge empty chambers. I don't know. Maybe that's the place where they go to sleep. Sleepy time. Yeah. Right? I, um, something's up with their sleep thing, right? Because they made a note of that in Final Empire when, like, like I think they left. Yeah. Yeah. So the, it was the rest whenever, of the Inquisitors left. Yeah. When in the when they were in, in the palace. Show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm thinking that it's like. It's like for for Rukumako purposes. So whenever they go to sleep, they have that you know they have those spikes in their eyes and in their body. They just store up stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm thinking it is because they were abnormally strong and abnormally fast. Oh yeah, I mean they. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, anyways, Sezed like is writing this stuff down and. He comes upon writing. That's oh, from yeah. Quan. 
Yeah. And this is from our epigraphs. So th- this is what I loved, right? I, I love the way that he handled the epigraphs, especially in Well of Ascension, because it like kicks off right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so surprised. I was like, already? Yeah, right? <laughs> like we didn't find out that it was a logbook until I want to say almost two thirds of the book, I want to say, I think. Right. It was definitely at least halfway through the book. And this is where the beginning of part two and we're told right away, yep, this is a Quan. Yeah. And this is the carving on the convectical. Uh-huh. Which I thought was really cool. So Marsh comes back and he's like, I didn't find what I was looking for. Again, doesn't tell him what he's looking for, but didn't find what he's looking for. And so he insists that they gotta leave. And so he said take a copy of the writing. Excuse me. Um so Caesar continues getting the copies and then but he's having like an inter- inner turmoil thing, right? Where he's like, he kind of feels bad that he needs to go back to Luthadel, but mm-hmm. I and I love like the literature of the of the uh, what would you call that? Like the the writing on the wall. What do you mean? I love like the style of it. You know, like it's just so epic. You know. I write these words in steel. Oh, yeah. I guess the prose, I guess that would be the word you would use to describe like the style of writing. Oh, yeah. It's sort of like um, the R-A-B letter in Harry Mm. Potter. I know know you know that I loved it so much, that letter. Uh, Sometimes for me, there's that kind of writing, right, where it's where it's telling you about events that happen instead of actually living that event through the book hearing a story about you know i mean reading a book hearing their history from the book or reading a story about an event happened somewhere else or Mm -hmm. some other time that's also to me it makes it feel more epic right where you you missed out on some of the details like you know how did he fight what moves did he use and all that stuff but you just hear about and but it's left up to imagination you know Mm -hmm. and i thought that was really cool um you know what i thought about uh so you know how the next Mistborn series is like later in the future and the next one after that will be even more into the future. So that's, it's really cool because we have the history built up in these books. Yeah. So you want to see how they, so you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. And you want to see how they, uh, how they interpreted the history, uh-huh. what was lost to yeah. history. And so. like a detailed, <clears throat> like book of the yeah. history. So because I mean, you know, some people can come back later and just be like, hey, look, you overthrew a monarch and you replaced him with another monarch in Elland. Mm-hmm. Congrats. <laughs> right. That, that's yeah. a, So, like, you know, historically speaking, like um, they could look back at that and just be like, what's do you guys not see the issue here? But, you know, we as a reader know that, like, they didn't have much of a choice. It's, yeah. You know, so it, it's, you know, it'd be cool to see. So the the. Next Miss One series after this Wax and Wayne one is supposed to be future, right? Like future, future. I don't think it's future. I think it's like like around the computer era. So they're going to see other planets, possibly. That's era four, I think. Era, era four is like space. Oh, era three. Space. Oh, okay. They could have telescopes in era three, though. Yeah. So they can oh, yeah. see like Stormlight and Atlantis yeah. and Warbreaker in due time. But um, Brandon Sanderson said he didn't want uh, people, he didn't want his books to be like you have to read this and you have to read this. So I don't think he's gonna do much. Well, actually, I did see something a little bit recently saying that like the finale of the Cosmere, you will kind of need to have read, I think Stormlight Archive, which makes sense because Stormlight Archive is like kind of like the centerpiece of. It's like expecting to understand Endgame without never having watched Avengers. Like I, right? Like I would say, like the minimum that you would need to understand the MCU would be Avengers. Mm-hmm. Minimum. Yeah. And I and I don't even know if that's right, right? Because I I've seen all the Marvel movies. Yeah. But yeah, because well, Avengers one and two are just so irrelevant to three for the most part. No, um, not really, right? Because three it shows that Loki had invaded. With the blessing, basically, of Thanos. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, I'm currently watching oh, through it. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So, so anyways, uh, chapter 13. Vin is talking about how the mists are coming out earlier than normal, which we'll see later. Says that confirms as much. Um, 
They're just staying later and coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, overall, myths are staying out longer than they yeah. should. Um, so she's trying to learn a little bit more about the Chandra um, to find the infiltrator. And Arsur is being a difficult, we'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, and he said that, like, Chandra that are out in the open aren't. There, it's impossible to find a Chandra out in the open that aren't tied to a contract. Which I guess brings up the question: So when you finish your contract, what do you do? Like, probably get reassigned. To yeah, but contract. how do you get reassigned? Do you just get like carrier pigeon, like delivered to you? It's like here's your new contract. Uh, <laughs> head on out. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> Project starts in a week. Go. <laughs> you know. Um, so and also, Condra just miss race, basically just older miss race. Yeah, he does say. I think at one point that they're like brothers or cousins. Like the oh, species. I thought they were the the same, but like older. Oh, I, I, I must have missed that honestly, because I know at one point he, I thought he said they were related, but yeah, it was probably that that they were older, hmm. younger brother. I think is the word that they used. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. something like that. So, um, or just figurative. Who knows? He does eventually shed light, though, that the Condor cannot burn metals. Mm-hmm. Um, which. With that kind of knowledge, you could probably start eliminating some people, right? Breeze really knows it's not him, but, you know, later she'll test Breeze and stuff, so. And Ham. And, and Ham and uh, Spook. Yeah. So anyways. um, And I guess clubs, too. No, you can't really well, test Well, you, you can't really. You could with, like, I guess, because she can pierce copper clouds, right? Yeah, because she's OP. I do. I don't. I really don't like that part of this book. How she just like, just so OP. She like one v ones Ham at his own game. Yeah, that. And he's better than Breeze at soothing. She's not better than Breeze at soothing. Apparently, like you can't feel either. You can't feel either. But that's because she's kind of had subconscious training with soothing for a long time. That's true. She was true. like, oh god. Oh god, sorry. She's been having um to do that for a long time against um Kamen, remember? Oh yeah. Yeah. So the luck, that's what she called it. Yeah. Back yeah. back in the day of innocence mm. before all this. Back when life was so yeah, different. <laughs> so anyways, um Orsor he does say that they wouldn't go near the Lord Ruler or Inquisitors, which he doesn't explain why, but like again, there's like something going on. There's something there. going on there. Um, she does feel thumping when she's burning bron- uh, bronze, and when she goes after it, she comes upon that mist, like ghost thing. So, okay, so what do you think that that is? I was thinking like Kelsey or or, or maybe someone from the logbook or something. Didn't the logbook talk about that they had seen that yeah. mist figure too? Yeah. Maybe it's the Lord Ruler. No, but it couldn't be though, right? Because it came in a log. Or are you saying that like the every jet, quote unquote generation, there's like yeah. a new mist ghost? Okay. Or maybe there's like every thousand years, there's like a year of ages and they get The haunted. previous one becomes a, okay. Yeah, and they get haunted. Oh, so. and the current one gets haunted by that previous yeah. one. Okay. Like Avatar, you know? Sure. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyways it kind of jumps back to ellen and he's ta- uh, meeting with the crew about what to do the crew's uh talking a bit about kelsier which kind of annoys it doesn't annoy ellen but it like again kind of makes him feel insecure mm-hmm. and this part was c- kind of annoying kind of understandable about him with ellen and it'll just keep going on for what feels like forever um where yeah, again, he'll constantly feel insecure because of Kelsier. Yeah. Um, Which I don't like how they put Kelsier down like that. You know, like, they always say that he wasn't, you know, a good man. and it, Yeah, right? Like, again, I, I, I think we talked about this before, too. I think the end of Final Empire episode, because it was dumb. Yeah. Right? Like, he, the dude was... You know, fighting a war essentially that uh-huh. changes a person. Ellen grew up as a nobleman. Don't give me that crap. Yeah, right. Like it's so much easier to be a 
idealistic when you grow up with a user life. And he basically liberated a whole empire and gave a whole empire hope. So like, you yeah. can't really compare. <laughs> what have you done, Ellen? That's right, nothing. <laughs> Pause off my boy kills here. Anyways, um, the crew does want to ally with themselves with Set because I think they kind of feel like, like I don't know, I, I think they're kind of worried about Strath, which I think they should be, but Ellen doesn't want to just hand over everything to Set because he apparently is very, very brutal with his Ska, mm-hmm. which... I guess, you know, that brings, like, he brings up a good point. What's the point of, like, you know, freeing the Ska, getting Kelsier killed, losing so many Ska soldiers in the rebellion to just hand it over to a second Lord Ruler, essentially? Yeah, yeah. Um, who's just going to treat the Ska the same way again? It's anyways. weird because a lot of the um, assembly is made up of Ska. So. Uh, technically, two thirds of it, right? Yeah. Like, one third is nobility. And- one third is merchants, which merchants could be. Both Noble and Ska, I guess. Yeah. And then a third is made up of, like, Ska peasants, I guess. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Ellen actually brings up a good idea, and I like this one, too, a lot. The plans that bring up is, I love it. He brings up saying that we could play both sides of the war. Yeah. And then just act like we're going to ally with both of them. So then they, they both fight, yeah, each, they other, both yeah. fight each other. Uh, which I think... If it works, that'd be sick. Mm-hmm. It won't, but that'd be sick. So Demo brings in a terrorist woman. It's Tindwell. Uh, yep. Her character is awesome. Yeah, I like her. I love uh, all the... I've, the terrorist women are so cool. Yeah. The concept of them is just awesome. Yeah. So she immediately starts teaching. This is not chapter 14. She immediately starts teaching Ellen how to be a better leader. And she's like the most annoying, like, she's the, she's like that teacher that you had, like, that was like a really good teacher, but you just hated the fact that they were really good teachers. Yeah. Yeah. She's like that. So Vin eventually comes back and he, Ellen is kind of feeling like, Again, insecure because he thinks that, you know, his plan's a little too risky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Vin uses her newfound knowledge and try uh and has decided I guess she's gonna start investigating people based off of the burn elements or not. Or if they can be influenced by elements. Yeah. So, cause she uh but she holds off on testing Ellen. I think it's one of those things where she kinda just she just wants to trust him. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily blame her. You know, could you imagine, like, finally getting to trust everybody and then finding out that, you know, the person closest to you is... Yeah, the imposter and dead. (laughs) But it's also at the same time, like, it shows how she's matured as a character, right? Because before she would be testing everybody, Uh right? Like, beginning of the Final Empire, Vin would have tested everybody. And she might not even be around, right? She would have probably just left. Instead of risk taking um, knife in the back. Um, what's it called? The con, the imposter probably had another person with him because he wouldn't be allowed to kill. Right. Yeah. So it's probably like it's a spy inside. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So chapter fifteen. Um, Sazed wakes up and finds that Marsh is missing. My God. <laughs> This part actually annoyed me because I was just like, Marsh is gone. <laughs> never to be and seen. And he kind of waits for him a bit and he like literally never comes back. So he kind of starts moving and he comes upon a Scott village and holy crap, like it's filthy, disgusting. There's like corpses. Yeah. And there's a dude in like, there who's yeah, running cannibalism. Yeah. They, they are all inside up. this house. Like they refuse to go outside the house because... Apparently, the mist started attacking and killing some of the yeah. Scots. So they were so scared that they legit would rather die starving inside a house rather than go outside. Yeah. Which begs the question, why is it not in Lucidel, though? Why is it only in Well, Lucidel? I think later they said that the mist is starting to work its way into the center. Oh, yeah. Right. So, like, I guess the outskirts of the world 
and then working its way to the top. Oh, maybe, maybe that's why Set and Straff came more than just the ATM, but also like their cities are getting killed by mist. So yeah, yeah, and then Set as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, right. Depending on how far out his um, city is. But he did say that they didn't, the mist didn't kill all of them. He said that some of them the mist killed. It was like a select, them, yeah, yeah. Select few. Some of them may have kind of like, you know, just start having a, a seizure on the ground. And others, it didn't like touch them at all. And not even, no animals either. No animals. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. animals were untouched. Yeah. So he takes him out to the sun, hoping that he can survive on his own. Because now he's got to, he's got to get to Luthado because, uh, this is like a serious threat. Yeah. So he puts on a steel mine, which apparently stores speed and starts running. So chapter 16. Now Vin's reading from uh, the logbook, and this is Alendi's logbook, because she's trying to figure out if there's anything she can get from Alendi that could kind of give her some clues about the mist. Yeah. Uh, and then Orsar kind of loafs along, <laughs> asking what's up, and... The logbook does talk about that mystery. This is why I don't think... Well, I mean, it could be that Lord Ruler is, like, reborn into the misfigure, and, like, every generation has their own Hero of Ages. But yeah. I don't think it's Kelsier. Could be Kelsier. But could be a, a figment of the deepness. Yeah, yeah, it's like a manifestation. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. That's what I'm thinking it is, honestly. Yeah. I, and then he... But he did talk about... Elendi, I mean, did talk about that the Miss has stabbed like one of his friends, like Fedek. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for that to happen. Well, I mean, I guess it already did happen in that village. Yeah. Right? Oh but yeah, yeah. Killed all those guys. So it was like only strangling though, and the it wasn't like like the uh, the ghost attacked Fedek, as in like like knifed him or tried to knife him. Say again, I don't. The the Miss ghost ghost tried to like knife Fedek. The dude in the, on the logbook. But this village was just like strangled and there's no real signs of death other than asphyxiation or whatever you call it. Mm. So they're probably related, but they're not the same. Right. The ghost and this guy or this thing. Yeah. Okay. Killing people. So uh, it's POV switches to Ellen and Ellen is continuing his training with uh, Tindwell. And she, like, does a full makeover on him. Like, new clothes, like, you know, white, general-looking outfit. I mean, he looks good. Like, hair and everything changed. And then she starts fixing, like, the way he walks. And I'm like, you know, uh-huh. I guess maybe he's not... Maybe not necessarily he, he was slouching, but, like, you know, full of pride and carries himself like a yeah. king. Um, obviously, I don't like the idea of monarchy, but she does bring up a good point. And I think this is important even for, like elected leaders yeah you need to also carry yourself with a certain level of dignity you know you can't walk around it's like i'm a man of people and and, you know yeah yeah yeah. if you don't have confidence in yourself no one can have confidence for you Mm -hmm. so Uh, another thing uh from a logbook alendi said that he talks about like shadows and dark creatures other than the mist thingy yeah yeah so there's more yeah, there has to be more. There's so much more to this world. And I need answers. <laughs> so that's the end of chapter 16. Chapter 17 picks up with Vin is continuing to read the logbook. And Ellen comes in. And it's, like, shocking. Like it's, uh, he, she gets really surprised by how different he looks. Mm-hmm. And they go meet the messenger together. And because they just got a word that there's a messenger. And it's yes. Zane. Yep. It's freaking Zane. So it's the watcher. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. So this is confirmation that he is from Straff's camp. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense as to why he intervened. And else, whenever because I'm guessing that they said it was set, right? They mm-hmm. said it was set, so that means he intervened to stop Set's people from killing Vin. Yeah. So. And also uh whenever Vin saw him earlier, he looked familiar. And it turns out that he's Ellen's brother. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yep. So, Straff is demanding Ellen meet him in his camp. Like, Ellen, come on, meeting meet him in the Straff camp. 
if he wants to discuss an alliance. It, it, this is very clear. Like he's trying to act all like he, he made Zane say some like, you know, quote unquote, nice stuff. But this is very clear, like flexing, like I'm the one in control mm-hmm. and you <laughs> will come to me. So I thought that was cool. It kind of fast forwards a bit into the night and Vin and Zane are doing their little sparring session. I, I hate these. I, really? I, I, yeah, I just really hate these. They, they they seem to serve no purpose. They're so repetitive. It's literally, she goes out, she sees Zane, and Zane constantly talks about how down with the system and I like hashtag no leaders and anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why do you, you know, we're stronger than them. Why do you answer to them while he literally answers to somebody who's not a Mistborn? Yeah. To be fair, he is also trying to kill him. Okay, then do it already. God. (laughs) I just hate him. He sucks. Yeah, he even says, like, you know, uh, why why do Mistborns always become slaves to others? Which, actually, that is a good point, right? Like, why is that? Because every Mistborn that we've come across, none of them have been the head of a household. And as soon as I say that, I realize that, like, almost half the Mistborn we met were... Scott, anyways. But uh, Shan Hilario yeah. was a misborn. Yeah. Zane is a misborn. So. They're the knives. Is this what this yeah. part is called? Yeah. I what? hate Zane. Oh. <laughs> and this is where he like, starts getting inside her head a bit. And I don't know if. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. I think he's legitimately just thinking, believes what he says to Vin says that we don't belong in their world mm-hmm. and that they will never love someone like Mistborn. Um, which I I can kind of see where he's coming from, right? Because later we'll see that um, uh, Orsor had the exact same conversation with Vin. Like, you know, these the humans don't... They get scared of something they don't understand or something that's not like them. Yeah. So, makes sense. So, anyways, chapter 18, we get the official confirmation that Zane is Alan's half brother yeah strap has a lot of kids yeah because he is not a good person <laughs> strap not zane well zane's also, zane's also not a good person so um zane looked at a kelsier apparently he's a fanboy of kelsier yeah that's his only redeeming quality is that he likes kelsier <laughs> but, um so he returns to the uh strap venture camp and all the soldiers know him and I'm like yeah i'm sure they do <laughs> um and we, we get to learn a little bit about Zane in this chapter, right? Like, he really hates non-elementers. Like, straight up thinks yeah, that they're racist. inferior. Yeah, This made me really think of uh, Legend of Korra, season one, right? Where uh, the what non-benders, Amon, mm-hmm. where the non-benders uh, kind of rise up against the benders. Amon, especially oh, yeah, with the yeah, yeah, yeah. I recently rewatched Korra. Um, liked it more the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. But the weaknesses felt even more highlighted this time around. Oh, <laughs> the, it, the ending kind of... The, yeah, apparently, the, the studio had really rushed, like, kind of put the pressure on the oh, writers to oh. finish it. That's why it felt really... like Black Panther. Yeah. Oh, my God. That that ending, though. That, oh, my God. I mean, the movie, if, in my opinion, the movie is R-rated to begin with. Like, it was good. But it's really overrated. I thought I would have loved it a, a lot more if it weren't for that ending scene with like that 2005 Pixar animation. <laughs> oh my god, that was not good. You know, like the old 3D animation, like Toy Story One. That was what that looked like. <laughs> so, anyways, um, back to Zane. Um, he does acknowledge though that because Straff like kind of didn't you know recognize him as a son because you know he's a bastard um because of that he led a tough life and that made him strong i i really like the uh god part where god is talking yeah, to him. Yeah. i like that a lot that's why i really liked zane was he actually has some real issues other than just daddy issues like ellen so yeah so he meets up with straff in his tent and we kind of get a little bit of, um, I guess, motivation, which we kind of knew from the beginning that Straff wants the ATM stash. And then he constantly has voices in his head 
telling him like you know to kill him and whenever he sees Straff, like the voice becomes like super yeah aggro. insistent yeah he's like kill him kill him kill him um and then oh my god what he starts cutting himself to quiet the voices um, oh yeah because yeah. the pain kind of overrides the voice which <sighs> of yeah. course it does um emo kid Oh. Wait, were those scars from Hatson? Or were those scars from cutting himself? I think those scars were cutting himself. That's I'm pretty sure that they that's what they kind of Oh, I thought it was implied that there was like scars all over his arms, so I thought that was Hatson's scars. No. And that was another Oh, were you thinking that maybe Kelsier freed him? I I was thinking there was something with that, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. That actually would have been kinda interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would have been interesting. So anyways, a servant girl comes in to give him tea and it's like poisoned. Uh, Strath catches it because I think it's a tonight, they said, right? And he can smell easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's really good at smelling poison. So apparently she was in leagues with Zane uh, and just like completely, he completely ignores her and lets her go get executed. Um, And Strath has this one bead of ATM left that he's kind of holding over Zane's head. And for whatever reason, Strath thinks that ATM is kind of like a drug. They're like addicted born. to it? Yeah, they're addicted to it, which I, I'm does not, he I don't... Does he not know? Is he I, ignorant to... That's, that's what I don't get, right? Like, how does he not know that that's not how that works for them? I was very confused by that part. Is that why he wants ATM stash? So he can control Zane, or...? I mean, I guess. <laughs> right? Like... It's weird. I don't know. It, it, it was definitely weird. I, so Zane was, leaves... All right, go ahead. I was thinking. Okay. There's something off with Nobleman. What? There's something off with Nobleman. Okay. Uh, only the children or the aunt, the descendants of noble people are mistings. Okay. Alamancers. So? So that, and also Alamancers also helped out the Lord Ruler. Or not, sorry, Alamancers. The Nobleman helped out the Lord Ruler. Okay. Which is why they are noble. Okay. So there's something up with that. We already knew these parts. We've known since Final Empire that... Yeah, but like, now we know that the deepness is likely coming back. That's likely what the whole mist killing thing is. And so what part did the misform play? Because now we know what the deepness sort of is. We know it's like sort of mist killing, like murderous mist, basically. Right, yeah. So what could they have done to help out the world ruler? He could handle himself easily against normal people. So why are there no... Yeah, I mean, what could they have possibly done against Mist? Yeah. Right? Like Exactly. Um, but yeah. also, there also has to do something with them drawing power from the Mist to uh, Mistborn. Because Ben did that earlier. So there's, all this is connected. Yeah, yeah. I hope this answer in this book. Because I don't know if it's like well, Attack on okay, Titan. Okay, so here's, here's another question. Did Mistborn exist before the Deepness came? Because if, if we're saying the Deepness is like the Mist that attack the people, which I agree with, but that means they were born of the Mist. Yeah, right? but Mist what existed before in the logbook. Yeah, yeah, but that's they. Well, the whole process of the Hero of Ages and stuff came out because the Mist was killing people, right? The Deepness, yeah, yeah. the Deepness was killing people, and so they needed the Hero of Ages to protect them. Or save them. Um, so I'm, I think the mist, the Alamancers, Alamancy didn't exist until that time. Until the, the deepness came. No, until no, until oh. the deepness came. Before that, I don't think the mist uh, Alamancy existed, right? Because if they're born of the mist, Wait, right? Because here's here's one for you. Um, when you said like you know she drew from the mist when she yeah. was fighting Lord Ruler, right? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But I don't think the I think the mist is a deepness and the deepness. The, okay, I get that. But yeah. I'm saying is that like I don't think Alamancy existed before the deepness showed up, which is the mist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't because it's mistborn. <laughs> yeah. You're born of mist. Yeah. So Dude, if this is anything like Attack on Titan, there's gonna be like a bunch of questions in this season. It's, sorry, this book, and next book is just gonna be like. Mega info dump, and I'm gonna love it. 
That's exactly what happened in Attack on Titan. Season one was like, you know, get things started. Season two was questions, questions, questions. Season three was answers, 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 answers. Yeah. So I think this See is- our Attack on Titan episode to learn more. Yeah. And uh, also watch Attack on Titan if you haven't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That too. So, anyways, end of chapter 18 is basically Zane leaves and Strap calls on Amaranta, um, some girl that he uses uh, to heal him. Apparently, she has like some herbal healing knowledge. So it's chapter 19. Seiza is running back to Luthadel and he comes upon a Colossus army. And we yeah, finally. Yeah. We finally learn, or I guess get to see the Colossus. And they're like these, ma- well, they can be massive. Even the small ones are considered pretty big. Well, they're like five foot to 12, five to 12 feet. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, even the small ones are not massive, but they're like still scary looking. And yeah, they have like yeah, loose yeah. skin. And when they get older, or yeah, older, and they keep growing, because they grow forever. Yeah. Um, apparently. And well, this Until is okay. Die, so, right? again, th- th- all this knowledge is coming from, say, Zed's, uh, you know, keeper knowledge. Yeah. Um, it could. Be- now, it could be wrong because understand, like, this is research done by other people, other terrorists. That's also old, right? Like this is just repeated knowledge that say that essentially memorized. But there's evidence, though. No, no, no. yeah, we see that now, but we don't know for a fact, like hundred percent fact. We just going off of say knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Um, that you know that they keep growing and the skin grows with them, which he kind of later confirms, anyways. But that they their heart gives out on them because they keep getting bigger and bigger, and the heart just like, all right, this is too much to pump. <laughs> so. I yeah. can't wait. These, oh my god. There's so many so many questions, man. Like what are colas? You know? Yeah, no, I know. It's uh are they like alomantic? No. Born of mist? <laughs> Not mistborn, but were they made from the mist? Lord ruler uh had some genetic experiments and then you know, like there's just so so much. Um, and it's actually kind of crazy. Like whenever they grow, their skin doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I was saying, right? Like it just keeps stretching. Yeah, and you'll see like those massive older ones. Like their skin is stretching so much, it's like split yeah. in their face and stuff. That's uh, I actually need to see a picture of them again. We'll add it to the uh, show notes, but we will. Um, while scouting. With his like tin mind or I guess uh, one of his medals, he he uh, doesn't notice that there's some colossa find him, so he kind of gets captured. They lead him back to the camp, and it's Justice Lacal. Yeah, the dude who yeah. rubbed his ha- hand through his hair all the time. Yeah. So uh, I have a question for you: Was that similar to like Wheel of Time repetitiveness, where he was just constantly rubbing his hair? Against his head. Oh no, it's not even close. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Hair tugging. Braid tugging. Braid tugging. And smoothing your skirt. <laughs> Is that the same car- character? No, unfortunately. Because uh, if it was the same character, at least you'd like it's like, okay, we're saved from the braid tugging is the same. It's like the one character. Maybe one other character does it, but the skirt smoothing Every woman that wears a skirt smooths the skirt, apparently. So, <laughs> my God. I hope the show has it, because that'd be hilarious. It would just be, <laughs> a, funny, it would just be a funny Easter egg. <laughs> They're like in a ball, and people in the background are sitting, just like smoothing their skirt, not yeah. even talking. This is ner- definitely another nervous. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Justice looks like really unhinged. Like, Yeah, he is. Uh, looks very stressed out. And he basically tells Ellen... Uh, or sorry, says that to deliver a message to Ellen, saying like, you know, we can be friends, we can be allies. He just wants the ATM stash and stuff, and it's very clear that he's kind of in over his head. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lets says that go, uh, and we don't know how they're controlling, how he's controlling the call. Yeah. So um, he did notice like there's a pouch. Yeah. Like everyone's carrying a pouch, which he said was weird because if they contain coins. Colas don't have an economy. Like, they're not yeah. civilized people, right? They're just and berserkers. Whenever, like, they they kill each other, the victor takes the the coin. 
dash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or so whatever some, is in there. Yeah, whatever is a pouch. Yeah. Whatever. I was think. I'm thinking that there's like head. Yeah. There. See, so I thought it was like thumbs or something. Nasty. Something. Well, because it can't be that big, right? Because the smaller colossus are like five feet something. They can't yeah. do wearing heads all the time. Anyways, chapter twenty. Only thumbs. Oh, Nothing else. Yeah, only thumbs. <laughs> if, you, if you don't have thumbs, you can't hold anything. You essentially rele- relegated a man to never fight after that. <laughs> um. So chapter twenty, Ellen and Vin are with the crew, and Vin's worried that Ellen's changing into a more leader, more of a leader kind of role, and might start drifting away, which I also didn't like this plotline. I think I said this before. Vin and Alan's romance in Final Empire was nice, and I was like, okay, this is nice. And this is this is it's just, it just like in Well of Ascension, um, it just felt so unnatural. What should I say? I don't even know if it was unnatural. Like everything made sense. It was just felt like okay, can we just get back to the actual matter at hand? You know, you've got Two armies, now three, coming yeah. for Luthadel. And now you got missed killing people. Like, mm-hmm. can we not? So it, it was kind of annoying. Um, it, it's just, Vin just like, I don't know, man. She just always wants attention. It's like, don't you know who, how poor this guy is? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, she's just like, oh, maybe he's going to start drifting away. It's Get over it. <laughs> um so Ellen is proposing that he does meet with Straff because through this, then they can probably sell like, you know, oh, I'm weak. Yeah, I'll join your side. I'll join your side. And uh-huh. then maybe can start start the whole process of playing them against each other. Yeah. The crew's against it at first, but I think his leadership skills are starting to pick up to the point where he kind of is like, okay, I took your advice, but I'm putting my foot down. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Which I like. I like Ellen's evolution into the leadership role. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I like his evolution too. Um, and Ellen, um, is also convinced that he's gonna bring Vin as well to go meet him. Yeah. Which I think that plays a double role: one to kind of scare Straff, and another to kind of, I guess, show Vin, make her feel better. I guess show Vin off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but it, I think it definitely plays as like a um, scare strath. Like it's like this is the you think that you know she didn't do it, but she did, and yeah. also, and also obviously to play bodyguard, right? Uh-huh. So Vin's trying to think also that she might be embarrassing Ellen because like emasculating him, uh-huh. which this I actually buy. I can see that, um, especially in that style of age. And at that age that Ellen's at, you know, having essentially your girlfriend be a better fighter than you. Yeah. It's just like... It's, uh, yeah. Um, But, you know, so that part... So these thoughts that kind of come into her head, they're interesting, but most of the time, I I feel like Vin's thoughts are kind of annoying right now. At least to me. I don't know about you. Yeah. What I really like about this book is just all the politics and stuff going on. And yeah, all yeah the way he handled Ellen handles it all is I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. So anyway, she begins to burn bronze and notice a breeze is um soothing Ellen uh-huh. and make even though he's ar- she, sorry, he is arguing against Ellen, yeah. he's also making him feel more confident and I was like and this is why I love Breeze. This is why he became one of my favorite characters. He like, you know, he tries to put on this exterior like you know he's just tough not necessarily tough but like he doesn't care he's just like he's in it for the money and all that stuff but he clearly is a good person and Mm -hmm. this is this goes back to i know i'm sure most people myself included when he said like you know everyone when kelsey said everyone on this crew is a good person at heart i was like breeze too yeah (laughs) um so this i think this kind of proves it um it may not be a big deal. It's not like he's going out there and curing cancer or anything like that. But it, he didn't need to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And again, he's disagreeing with Ellen, but he's still making him feel more confident. Stuff. Yeah. That that that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That takes it takes a lot of will and good personness to <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> to help out someone to help out. Decide that you're not with. 
Yeah, no, I agree. So, so Ellen, right after that, they, they just continue with their lessons. And Tinwell starts teaching Ellen that he needs to stop feeling, feeling sorry for himself. And there was kind of like, not really a contradiction, but I could see where Ellen was kind of confused about this because she's telling him, you have to be confident, but then you like, as if though everything you're doing is right. But then you have to also accept all the mistakes that you make. Mm-hmm. And I could see, and especially the way she worded it, I could see how he felt like, wait, but you just told me that I have to accept everything. So the, the this book honestly could also be a guide on how to be a leader too. Because I, yeah. I thought the lessons here by Tyndall were very relevant. I, I feel like Mr. Sanderson just like, read a lot of stuff because so, he knows it's actually really interesting if you ever listen to and i listen to these sometimes if you listen to his lectures he'll talk about like you know if you want to write fantasy you can't just read only fantasy you have to read mystery you have to read horror you have to read history you have to read you know sci-fi did you um, did you watch daniel green's videos over uh like jk rowling and terry goodkind disrespecting fantasy yeah so that's what that reminds me of is that like fantasy has so many themes that are really real. Yeah. It just has aspects to it that aren't. Yeah. So it's a, it's a medium. It can be a medium. It depends if the author wants to or not of it can be a medium to get your point across, which I think it's not necessarily a thing about fantasy. It's just writing in general. Right. Yeah. But I wish I was good at it. Yeah. But I have enough things I want to get good at that I don't want to add freaking writing of all things to the list. Um, <laughs> but dude, like, I I wish I enjoyed it as much as Brandon Sanderson because he like writes these gigantic worlds. Like this is just one huge world in the middle of one big galaxy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so cool. So, anyways, she does also bring up that he's. <laughs> I think she says that he's a bad king. Yeah. But then she said that, you know, it's better than having no king, uh-huh. which I also agree with. I think, like, not having any leader is, like, just right for chaos. Uh-huh. And I think that's not a unheard of statement to make. It's not exactly breaking new ground, but I like it. Also, I think that's one of the things, too, about a lot of people when they say Sanderson doesn't really do anything original. Like, and... I think Stormlight Archive is pushing the boundaries when it comes to fantasy. How is this not original? This is original, original in the sense that like it's not really pushing any new themes or anything at you, right? It's not it's not evolving fantasy. But like at that point, if you're only gonna read stuff that's evolving fantasy, okay, have fun reading nothing but Lord of the Rings and Wheel of Time for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You can't I don't This does evolve fantasy. Look at the magic system. Yeah, but like this made it people. Didn't, it didn't. This made me at least. I don't know about people. This made me want actual magic systems. This makes me look. Yeah, at but it's Harry not. Potter it's not changing and, the. It's not changing the, the genre. You, it's change, if it having a profound effect on an audience is not evolving the genre. True. Right. I think I don't think anything Sanderson. I don't think there is anything Sanderson can do that can evolve. Because no, I think on it, people. Well, people, based off what I hear, Stormlight Archive could be the thing that'll push the genre forward. It could be our generations, like Lord of the Rings or Wheel of Time. How? That I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible, but like Lord of the Rings literally had its own language, and Wheel of Time had, that doesn't that doesn't push the genre forward, right? Because if you, then at that point, then you're what you're relegating to it is saying that like the only thing that'll push a fantasy genre forward is. Um, how do you push it you, I don't know right like that's one of those things like it's like you know you gotta invent something new This it takes someone it takes a special kind of someone like you have to have it or you don't and that's when that's my point right where um, people say it's like oh well he doesn't do anything like outwardly special he's not changing the world it's like okay like okay so what yeah. right like is it fun? Is it a good book? Do you enjoy it? Do you, you know, does it make you feel things? Does it make you feel happy or excited or fall in love with characters, cry, stuff like that? Then what's the issue? Yeah, I I watched um, Brandon Sanderson talk to Daniel Green, 
and you there's a a line that people don't realize there's a difference between objectively good and subjectively good if you can like something but it's not great like the Marvel movies i'm sure they're like a bunch of plot holes or something oh, no objectively they're not special movies yeah but it's just like you like well, what it. Well, what's the issue with that yeah exactly you know like if you like it, the that's shape the whole of point. water. The shape of water won an Oscar or whatever, but it What's that? Yeah. <laughs> my point exactly, right? Like I started watching the movie and it was good. It has one of my favorite actors in it. Um but you know, like yeah. like I, I I am glad that he brought that up. But yeah, no, what you were saying that like he he did have to study other realms and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you need to if you're gonna implement something believable in your stories so captain demo this guy i love this guy uh i don't even know why i just feel like the guy who's like really loyal since day yeah, one yeah, Jessica, he, has yeah. no powers nothing not even part of the crew but he's just like that loyal soldier i love uh-huh. captain demo. uh he comes in says a woman from set's camp um it's looking for breeze and he she kind of ran away from set's camp so that's the end of chapter 20 and chapter 21 Basically, the whole chapter is kind of just introducing Ariane. Ariane, I really don't like her. She's just okay, okay, a okay. teen girl. How do you not like her, but you like emo teen Zane? Because he has hmm? he has layers. Whenever you went uh, his to his, uh, I mean, he his perspective. He was like. You know, he God literally caught himself. Yeah, so distracting himself from God so he doesn't kill his father. You know? Yeah, no. Like but Arian, she's literally just like a blondie. <laughs> like like the like the uh stereotypical definition of a blonde. Maybe you need to take Tinwell's advice and realize that people are deeper than they first appear. No. No, you're not <laughs> <laughs> um, <Fair enough. laughs> And whenever she called Breeze Breezy, you know what that uh, reminded me of? Yeah, that was cringy. That's no, it reminded me of, remind me of uh, Juan Juan. Lavender Brown calling Ron Juan Juan. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. That's what I love that. Juan Juan, yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, I hate her now too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't not hate her, but I I didn't. I was kind of indifferent about her. Um, so Ariane just kind of comes in. She's Seth's daughter. And Ellen lets him in, lets her in for some reason. Uh, in chapter twenty-two, oh, wait, you don't think she's uh, telling the truth? Yeah, I think she's a spy. All right. Yeah. Uh, I I like this chapter. This this chapter kind of reminded me of that one chapter in Final Empire where they were talking, like all the uh, crew are kind of sitting down talking and they're just casual uh-huh. and they're making jokes and like spook talks in his dialect and then Kelsey oh I love that song that, it just felt so I felt so in love with the characters yeah. and hear them also like making fun of Breeze again and stuff yeah. I just loved it um, but, and before whenever they were talking about Kelsier and how like bad his handwriting was yeah you remember that that was that was a good part oh uh, I will also add though that it does seem like Breeze actually does like her yeah so um and yeah, just wanted to throw that in there. She likes him, and it seems like Breeze likes her. Um, and when I say seems, I mean like heavily implied. So, um, so chapter twenty-two, Vin does some fancy stuff. He she startles Ham, uh, and then he instinctively instinctively burns Peter, which knocks him off the list of imposter. Um, and you know what would crack me off if like she like knocks off say ham from the list of imposters and later there's like a second contract that does kill ham and replace him <laughs> <laughs> that might be it actually who knows maybe um there's a second imposter. maybe breeze is the thing now who knows but here he sues yeah but maybe oh uh, you're saying it's yeah. the second one yeah yeah um and now that she knows that Ham's not the imposter, she tells Ham that she's out of Adium. And he gives an idea as to how to beat people with Adium because she's afraid that next time she fights I mean, a not really. 
right? Like he doesn't give her much. Like surprise him or overwhelm him. Like yeah. okay, yeah. So uh, either I get him while he doesn't even know I'm after him, or I just have like three hundred soldiers ready to just descend. <laughs> like what? Maybe like burn a uh, pewter and just go faster than he can possibly go. How he's burning ATM and he's a mistborn. He obviously has. If he has ATM, he has pewter. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Did I? I didn't say this. Uh, burn pewter with Duralan. Dur- 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 oh, Duralan. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know why I didn't say that, but that's what I meant. Okay. His, no, that actually is a good point. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Because you go mega fast if you like, you know. Yeah, that I didn't even think about that. That's actually really good. So she kind of starts interrogating, mostly just like talking or swear or um, and he's not responding properly as to whether or not Alamesis can be used against Kondra. And Vin tries to kind of connect with him by telling him her past. Uh, and he does the same uh, about, like, Kondra in general, saying that, like, the humans were kind of scared of them, uh, scared of Kondra going to eat the humans. And so the Mistborn hunted the Chondra down uh, because they could like see who the Chondra were or something like that. And that's why they invented the contract. Yeah. Uh, so that they want to be hunted down because the Chondra can no longer kill. And it's like, well, I don't think they said that they ever killed. They would ever only eat the bodies. I thought. Yeah. But the Mistborn were scared. Oh, you're saying yeah. Mistborn wouldn't kill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's like really scared of Mistborn, or not he, but the Chandra in general. They're scared of Mistborn for whatever reason. Um, and he's been beat by different masters. Uh, and I'm sure that Chandras don't even like humans. I wouldn't like a human if I was a Chandra. Uh, <laughs> I'm a human. I don't like humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vin senses the Mistspirit still around, and there's that thumping noise. Um, whenever or Orsir tells tells her that someone's walking about and it sees it and he needs to talk to Ellen straight away. And then chapter twenty three, the crew's having another meeting, and there's basically nothing at all that they can do about the Colossus army out there, uh, except hope 20, that twenty thousand Colossus. Yeah, and all they can do is hope that they're gonna fight. The other two armies. I and think what did it say? He said it took four hundred soldiers from set to kill twenty Colas. I think so. Yeah. So they. That is nuts. Or was it four hundred to two hundred? No, 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 no. It was not four hundred, two hundred. Are you kidding me? There's huh. no way. There's no way. Yeah, so, I think you're right. Then. Anyways, uh, he also reports the changing of the mist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um, and he said he's gonna stay in in Lucidal to study the the murderous mist. And it was pretty clear Alarine was barging was uh, listening in because yeah, yeah. she barged in. Breezy, where are you? And <laughs> uh, it goes back to go <laughs> it goes back to. I'm kind of sick, so it can go pretty high and pretty low too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. It goes back to Seized's room and Tindall's there and um, she's disappointed that he won't listen to the Synod's advice. And the Synod is just stupid. They're just dumb. They're just like... It's, it's, yeah, we know you were right when it came to throw overthrowing the Lord Ruler, but get back to work. <laughs> and they're just a group that just tells other people what to do. That's all they do. Um, and in Chapter 24, Vin's watching Ellen... And Zane was waiting and keep hasting for Vin for another sparring match, but she never showed up. And he starts looking for her, um, and then he finds her. And then Zane uh, basically just asks her what she would do if she weren't restrained, if she was free. And she thinks about going to that thumping noise that's been her head for most of the time. Um, but she responded saying that she'd kill all of, and Ellen's enemies just like kind of eliminate the threats. Uh, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and then Zane says that she's basically just a tool to all the friends and basically the whole city. And chapter 25, 
Uh, Vin goes to Tinwell and Ariane, all Ariane to shop for a dress. Um, and of course, of course, of course, Vin is a natural in the dress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You move like, like, like the mist and the leaves and wind through someone's hair and yeah. Yeah. It... She's a natural just about everything, huh? <laughs> except for people. Yep. <laughs> and even that, it, she kind of proves that she's good at that too. Yeah. Uh, and she says that she doesn't want to marry Ellen because she wants, because Ellen deserves a queen and she's not a queen, basically. Um, and then a, a crowd gathered around. From my understanding, that was the the Church of the Survivors, um, like little group that gathered around, like because she's apparently the heir of the survivor. That's what they call her. Yeah, the Air of the Survivor, yeah, so, which that is a sick name. Yeah. I like that name a lot. Um, and they're basically asking her, like, what she's going to do about the army. And she didn't want to lie, but she also said that everything's going to be okay, which is probably a lie. lie. Uh, <laughs> uh, and she says everything's going to be all right whenever everything's going to be all right. And then she goes inside whenever wardrobe starts. Drumming, drumming, drumming. Uh, and then she, the perspective it goes to Ellen, and the whole army on top of the wall is just in chaos. It is in confusion. No one knows what's happening. It's clear that the lack of experience is showing heavily. Yeah, I think Straff, no, sorry, not Straff, Clubs says that Straff was just testing yeah. the army. And yeah, see what the reaction is. They be. failed. Yeah. <laughs> a for effort, though. But not not even. What effort? Um, but I would say this, though. I feel like that kind of also puts, it, it also a little bit works against Straff, right? Because it also shows like it it also has signal to Ellen that like hey your army needs to Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I that was really imagine smart. if he attacked like full on attacked without you know they would have won right they there. They would have yeah, they would have run right there like yeah. just like element of surprise like okay, here we we're standing right here, we won't do anything and then boom. It I yeah, that was kind of dumb But again, like, it's also from his perspective, he doesn't know that, right? He doesn't know how prepared they are, so for him it's um it's yeah, a survival war thing. You don't know how prepared your enemy is, and this is taking the safe way. Because again, remember he's got Seth's army right there too. Yeah. So if he doesn't handle this right, he's gonna get creamed. So chapter twenty six. Vin's prepping for the meeting with Straff, but or or isn't going with her. Uh, Vin and Ellen go alone by themselves, and Straff they go into the camp, and Straff actually still uses obligators to to control the people. Um, and then Ellen, he goes inside to, of Straff's tent. Uh, he proposes his plan that he will help Straff and give the throne to Straff as long as he fights and kills Seth's army. Um, and Straff, surprisingly, he just declines and says he would just take the city and fight Seth himself. Um, Ellen even offered to give... Uh, Straff the ADM stash, but that doesn't even work out either. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so that I didn't understand, right? Like, he's basically saying, like, I'm going to take it from you anyways. So how did you think that, that was going to work now? Like, he's already kind of made up his mind at this point. I get that Ellen's, like, trying to do as much as he can. Yeah. But, like, Straff has already made it. What? I think that's what it was. It was just him wanting to do as much as he could. That's fair, I guess. Yeah. Vin admits even though it's obviously not true that she found the stash of Adium. And then Ellen fakes his weakness to look more vulnerable, and then Straff tells Vin to leave, which she does. Leaves a tent and let basically Ellen and Straff talk alone. Uh, and chapter 27, Ellen figures that his acting isn't really working anymore, and he uses Vin as a, basically a bargaining chip. It says that Straff and his army would not survive against Vin. Or at least a lot of it would die before she would die. Um, 
and right then Vane just pounds him with Dorella. And I uh, think she used Dorella in it as yeah, well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so he was just left like emotionless but that left a lot of emotion if you know what i mean <laughs> um and left him with nothing and everything yeah <laughs> and straff gets super super scared uh and Which i don't think we've ever seen him like that yeah Which i thought that was cool uh and it's pretty much established that he fears him now uh straff's super scared of her at this point and then he lets him go with sort of an alliance going on, which he can basically break whenever he wants to. Uh, Vin and Alan go back to Lucidel. Everybody's super excited. Um, and even Dachshund shows some sign of respect, which he hasn't really been doing. He's not really fond of Ellen because um, he was doubting Ellen's success uh, in the whole bargaining, but it worked out. So he's got much more respect out of the whole crew as a whole. Uh, and since Ellen was ignoring the assemblies brought on by the assembly, ah, yes. uh, he gets a letter by all the members of his deep, deep position. Is that a word? Oh. Uh, Deposing. Deposting, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, he's an overthrown. Yeah. Dethrown, yeah. yeah. Without a blood shed. So that was... Well done. You brought in a democracy, and now you see why democracy sucks sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Which, okay, I, I'm not saying that this isn't realistic and this is against a book, but this is against the characters themselves, right? Like, those uh-huh. people who, like, deposed him. When it, when you're in a time of war, which this is what this is, you don't get rid of your your ruler because that's, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you just don't. Yeah. Because that's... Uh, that's a time of chaos, right? And you need some form of stability. And that's why a lot of times in like, you know, old days, people like kings will go to war or they'll stay in war a long time because that like keeps them in power. That sense of chaos and instability, people don't want to add to that instability by getting a new leader. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- that was done by them. But at the same time, they seem to be probably having a plan. I, I, I think that they're probably going to sell out the city to yeah. Straff or Set. I don't know which one. Highest bidder, whoever can assure them the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah, that'll about do it from us for that episode. That, I mean, that covers part two, guys. Uh, that was part two, Ghost in the Mist. And next time we will be covering part three, I know. King. That's it. It's just King. So. I it's I don't. I wish it was consistent because last book was like uh, children of a bleeding sun, dancers in a sea of mist, and even this one is like heir to the survivor and uh, ghost in a mist, and it's just King knives, snow ash, and awards and steel. <laughs> it's like you know, it's kind of inconsistent. It's not Star Wars. Right, it's not Star Wars. It's not gonna like try and keep the same theme all the way through. It's gonna talk about what the what that part is about, what this part is about. So yeah, no, no, and this it, part is about a king, not kings, king. <laughs> just king. True. So, but yeah, join us next time. And uh, as always, please follow us on Twitter at at uh, pod underscore bookkeeper. Discord is Discord in... is up in the description as always and please join us anytime. And so until next time. See you guys. Thank you.